the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. But marriage isn't 50-50. Sometimes it's 100 nothing. Sometimes the other person's not giving anything. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now, here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're going to consider three points in light of our title, Love Can Hurt. Number one, a jealous envy. Number two, we're going to look at a jealous response. Oh, you're going to come to me with jealousy? You know, Leah says, I'm going to come back at you all the same. And then number three, a promise kept. God comes in and his promise will always be kept. Well, let's look at our first point, a jealous envy. As we read together, starting here in Genesis chapter 30, we'll pick up a course in verse 1. It says, now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, okay, she became what? Jealous of her sister Leah. And she said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. Verse 2, then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel. You never see him mad at Rachel. He loves Rachel, but he didn't like that. And he said, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you, the fruit of the womb, that that's God's thing. It's not me. She said, here, here's my maid Bilhah. Here, take my maid Bilhah. Go into her that she may bear on my knees that through her, I too may have children. So she, Rachel, gave him, Jacob, her maid Bilhah as a wife. Now we got three wives, okay? So we've got... Leah, we got Rachel. Now we have a third wife. And Jacob said, absolutely not. He said, "Uh, no, he went into her. That means, well, I guess I have to do my duty. Okay, so he did his duty. Okay, verse five. So Bilhah conceived and bore him a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me against my sister. Uh, No, God didn't do any of this. Don't put God into this. And has indeed heard my voice and has given me a son. Therefore, she named him Dan. And Rachel's maid Bilhah uh, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. So Rachel said, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister. And I indeed have prevailed. I won. And she named him Napatali. Oh, jealousy, jealousy. Yes, Rachel was jealous and envious of Leah because she's popping out babies. Now, this is a new thing for Rachel because she's never been jealous of her droopy-eyed older sister. All growing up, she got all the attention, but all of a sudden now, oh my goodness. Jealousy always, always, listen, brings out the worst in us. 
The Bible says in James 3.16, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. And that's what we're seeing here today. For Rachel is so envious of her sister for having four boys, and she hasn't been able to bear even one. If we were to take score at this point, let's take score. Lee has been pumping out baby boys like Octomom, right? Huckaboom, huckaboom, huckaboom. I mean, baby boys are just flying out of her, okay? Yet on Rachel's side, she has the love of her husband, okay? So now, now let's, let's, let's look at reality here. What does Leah want? Leah wants what Rachel has. She wants the love of her husband. Rachel wants what Leah has popping out babies. They both want what the other has. This is just another example of us thinking that the grass will always be greener on the other side. We say, I'm not happy. I wish I had. Will you fill in your own blank? What do you wish you had? Because it's obviously something that you don't have. I'm not happy. So therefore, if I had what I want, what I desire, therefore, then I will be happy. It's like, I'm single. I want to be married. And it's like, until you're married, it's like, they got, a, they got a spouse. They got a spouse. Everyone has a spouse but me. And so you're miserable. Then you take most of your married couples and they're like, man, if I was only single again, I would be so hot. I'd be so cool. I could go where I want to go, do what I want to do. I wouldn't be locked down here. It's like, I just wish I was single again. And it's just like, it, it gets insane. So then some people that are married disobey God. They go and get a divorce. Okay, so they get a divorce. I'm free. I'm free again. I'm my own person. I don't have to be anywhere. I'm free. Except for all the alimony and child support I'm paying. But but other than that, I'm free. I'm free. And then what do you do? After a little while, it's like, I'm kind of lonely. I wish I was with somebody. I wish somebody cared about me. It's like, and all of a sudden, you get married again. And it's like, oh, it's bliss. I'm married again. It's just a beautiful thing. And then all of a sudden, all those old problems start coming back again. And I was like, wait a second, wait, wait a minute, this, these are the problems I was having the first time. Maybe the problem's you. Maybe you didn't deal with those issues in the first time around, so now they're coming all back on you again, reaping what you sowed. And until you come to the conclusion that marriage is work and that we have to deny ourselves in marriage, things might not change for a while. You know, marriage is not 50-50. We kind of think that way, right? Well, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours and we'll all be scratched and everything will be good and you do this and I do this and we all, everything's going to work out perfect. It's all 50-50. But marriage isn't 50-50. Sometimes it's 100 nothing. Sometimes the other person's not given anything and you're like, what, am I have to do all the work? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> it's like, this is work. Yes, it is. Any successful marriage out there is people working at it. It's working at it. Yes, that's the only way that it's going to happen. And if you don't want to have to work at it, do yourself a favor. Don't ever get married. But it's a joy to be married. But you got to work. But getting back to our text, here we have Rachel, who possibly stole all the attention from Leah her whole life. Now she's filled with jealousy against her. She's bitter. And she's complaining. 
as she demands her husband to give her children, or she's going to die. I'm going to die. We're all going to die here. Well, this gives us a window, a little snapshot into where Rachel's walk is with the Lord. She should have taken this all to the Lord, not to her husband. She's anxious filled. Her heart is anxious. She's filled with jealousy. She should have taken it all to the Lord in prayer. Unfortunately, she didn't have, you know, godly parents to lean on. Her dad's the one that set this whole mess up in the first place. It's not like she can go to her dad and talk to him. We don't know anything about her mom, and she just never mentioned. So it's like maybe if she was around, she was all with the dad and the thing. So she, she didn't have any godly parents to go to. And it's just so these things are just running in her mind. This is what's so awesome about in Philippians chapter 4. You know, where it talks about be anxious or worried for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known unto God. That's our part. And then God's part is, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will fill our hearts and our mind. Why is that? Our heart and our mind. Because our mind is racing, right? That's waking us up. We have to get up in the middle of the night to go tinkle, tinkle. Then you can't go back to sleep because you think, oh, what's going to happen at work? Oh, yeah. You know, all the anxiety comes in and the jealousy. And I can't believe this person. And he did this and they said that. And oh, what's going to And then you can't go back to sleep and all of these things. It's because God wants us to cast all of those cares upon him. Again, Leah is guilty for going along with this whole thing with her dad in the first place. Leah, think about it. Leah would have been so much happier if she just would have married anybody else. Maybe in the little village there, the little town that they lived in, maybe there was a guy named Buford. (laughs) And maybe Buford was kind of losing his hair like I'm losing my hair. You know, it's like... You know, maybe Buford didn't have the athletic body, you know, you know, because maybe Jacob was a pretty good looking guy, you know, pretty good catch, you know, and, you know, it's like the, the star football player, the quarterback of the football team marries the prom queen, Rachel, you know, it's just all everyone lives happily ever after. But, you know, here you got Leah, she's droopy faced, you know, whatever. So, so it's like, but what if Buford, you know, had made some moves on Leah? Hey, Leah, <laughs> Hubba, hubba. And she's just like, ooh, get away from me, you know. And so she just like, she didn't want anything to do with Buford. He didn't dress right. He didn't look right. You know, he just kind of a little sloppy. But if she would have married Buford, he would have adored her and loved her her whole life. Something that she never, ever got from her husband. What would have been better for Leah in the long run? No, Rachel, she can't turn anywhere. She can't turn to her mother-in-law, Rebecca. She can't turn to Jacob's mom for any help. Why? Because of Jacob's sin. He burned all of his bridges, remember? He had to hightail it out of where he lived in his homeland because his older brother Esau, because Jacob deceived him, wanted to kill him. So it's not like, hey, can I go see your mom? And talk with her about this. It's like, I don't have anyone to turn to. No, sorry, can't do that. I burned that bridge. You know, Jacob and Rachel are like two peas in a pod here. They were both hated by their siblings. I wonder what it's like with your family. Now we bring it home. Why does God wrote this? Well, what's it like in your family? 
Do you have any animosity with family members? Is there anything that you need to do that you can do to repair any relationships in your family? If there is, would you allow the Lord to use you to be a peacemaker? Yet because jealousy was not dealt with here in our text, look what happened. It stole the sense of right and wrong. And because Rachel wanted to get back at her sister so bad, I can't believe you stole my husband. I can't believe you stole my honeymoon night. I can't believe you slept with him, you stinking dog. Okay, she just is not going to let this go. She was willing now because she's so jealous at Leah popping out babies. I'm going to give my husband my maid. I'm going to give him another wife. Okay, he's got two wives. He's got Leah and Rachel. So now Rachel's idea, because she's not going to the Lord, I'm going to give him another wife. Okay, so Jacob, you know, instead of saying, uh, you know, honey, I don't think this is good. It's like I'm already divided between two women. No, the maid doesn't look too bad anyway. (laughs) So he goes in and he marries the maid and he sleeps with her multiple times. You know, all of this so Rachel could have children through her just to vindicate her from her sister. This is, this is crazy. This is out of control. I wonder what we would be willing to do if we're not willing to forgive. Because look what she's done here. Yes, this is a mess. It's a huge mess. Total soap opera, to say the least. Days of our lives has nothing on this family. This shows us that even though Technology and fashions have all changed considerably over the years. That the heart of men and women never really changed because this kind of stuff still happens today. It's like our hearts haven't changed. This is why the Bible is so relevant to us today. Notice in verse 8, Rachel said, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister. Now, the original Hebrew word for that, word wrestle means just that (laughs) she wrestled she struggled and she fought her sister this was in endless battle with leah because years are going by i mean you don't just have a baby every month okay it's like i mean you know there's the recuperation time all of this i mean so there's been multiple babies you know the the maids had two leah's had four i mean so you know we're we're eight, 10 years down the road now, and it's just as hot as it was in day one. Man, there's just a battle is still going all of these years later. And who really wins with this battle? Nobody wins. I wonder if anyone here is struggling with any person or situation today. Is there something that you are wrestling with Is there something that you are struggling with? Is there something that you are just fighting with? Don't you think it's time to just let it go? Isn't it time to just let go and let God? But that person owes me money, and they just drives me nuts. Every time I see them, you owe me money. I load this family member money, and they don't, they're not paying it back. Ah, you know, it's like all this. I, I gave them a car. They're supposed to pay me money. I gave them this. I gave them that. You know, they're living here, and they, they didn't pay the rent. No, you know, it's like. Let it go. Just let it go. This is why you don't loan money. It's like when you loan money, you have to have the idea, especially with a family member, I'm never going to see it again. If it comes back, you're like, wow, hey, that's extra money coming in. And if you can't do it with that attitude, don't loan it. 
Say no. Just say no. They say, I can't do it. Not going to happen. See, but is there something you need to let go? First Peter 3, 7 says, casting all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Casting all your cares. And again, that word casting means to hurl. Throw all these things. Stop living with them. Stop going over them in your head. Just let it go. Cast them all upon the Lord and say, I'm free from this. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. It's over. I'm free. He's good. God cares for you. Just give it all to him. Psalm 73, 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you, Lord? I have no one else. And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. Could that be our desire? Then I have you in heaven. I desire nothing here on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail me, but God is the strength of my heart, and he's my portion forever. That's how God wants us to live. He is our portion forever. Let everything else go. Don't, it's not worth the anxiety. It's not worth the stress. Which brings up our second point, a jealous response. Oh, all this jealousy and hatred that Rachel has towards Leah? Oh, you think she's going to sit by and just let it all go by? Oh, no, of course not. So let's pick up and see what Leah's response is, okay? Uh, chapter 30, verse 9. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing children, that is, she took her maid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Okay. Oh, you're going to give your uh, maid to your husband as a third wife? I'll give my maid as a fourth wife. Oh, okay. This is going to help everything. Okay. Verse 10. So Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, how fortunate, exclamation point in the Bible. Oh, how fortunate. Okay. So she named him Gad. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, happy am I. Huh. In her sister's back. Okay. For women will call me happy because I'm stabbing my sister in the back. So she named him Asher. Okay. Right when you think it can't get any worse. Leah sees Rachel give Jacob her maid as a wife and says, two girl can play that game. And she does the same. Here comes two more kids. Yes, this was Leah's jealous response. For she was not ready to throw the white flag up of defeat yet. Notice what she said in verse 11. How fortunate That's another way of saying, that's nice. I got something for you, little sister. (laughs) It's coming. It's like, oh, you can almost see the hiss in that. This was a nasty feud between these sisters. When jealousy runs loose, all measure of rational thinking goes completely flying right out the door. Their mutual hatred now for one another has blocked their hearts from the fact that Jacob, their husband, is now sleeping with not one but two more women. Oh, this is crazy. It's like, ladies, where's your husband? Uh, Well, he's over. uh, He's sleeping with uh, someone tonight. It's like, and how unfair to these two maids. They're never going to have a normal life. Now you pulled them into your web of misery. Now they're never going to be normal because now their kids are acting like it's Leah and Rachel's kids. And, you know, they don't fully have their own kids and they don't have this man because this man loves Rachel, not Zilpah or Zippar or, you know, Hill, you know, all these, 
paws out there. Anyway, these, you know, the Bilhah and Zil, Zilpah, whatever their names are. But anyway, but it's not fair to these maids. And where is the godly man of the house? Where's the godly man pulling this thing back together here? Where is his leadership? Where is his wisdom? Well, apparently he's caught up with sleeping with four women. He doesn't have time for leadership here. Maybe he's thinking, I'm just doing what I'm told. You know, happy wife is a happy life, you know. Here, here, go sleep with that girl. Okay, honey. Here, go sleep. Okay, okay. Here, go sleep with her. Okay. You know, it's like, uh, it, it's insane what is happening here. Completely insane. This is simply just crazy. This shows us at this point, Jacob doesn't seem to have any real spiritual discernment whatsoever. It doesn't seem like he's really seeking the Lord to know what to do right or what God's will is. For if he was, he would have put an end to this lunacy, but he didn't. So it goes on and on. Let's read what happens next. You think, oh, it gets better. It gets juicier. Okay, so let's pick up in verse 14. Now in the days of the wheat harvest, Reuben, that's Leah's son, went out and he found mandrakes in the field and he brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah said to her, it is a small matter for you to take my husband. Uh, yeah, you snuck in the wedding bed, remember? But anyway, okay, whatever, that's just facts. Who wants facts, okay? And would you take my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel said, therefore he may lie with you tonight. I'll let you sleep with my husband that loves me, doesn't love you, but I'll let you sleep with him tonight if you give me some mandrakes. So when, verse 16, when Jacob came in from the field at evening, instead of going home to Rachel, Leah met him out in the field and said, you must come home to me tonight, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. This is crazy. So he laid with her that night. Okay, verse 17. God gave heed to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have... I, I, I gave my maid to my husband, so she named him Ishakar. And Leah conceived again and bore a sick son to Jacob. And then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good gift. Now my husband will dwell with me. Maybe, maybe he won't love me. Maybe he won't like me. But maybe he'll just live in the house with me. Because I've given all these babies to him. Because I bore him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. And afterwards, she bore a daughter and named her Dinah. So, yeah, let's throw a little girl in the mix of all this mess. Okay, so, now, when you think, you know, you've seen it all, of course, it can always get worse. (laughs) We haven't seen it all. Now we have the firstborn son, Reuben, picking mandrakes for his mother, Leah. Now, Rachel is all over these mandrakes. She's she's got to have them. She wants the mandrakes. Now, why? Now, a mandrake is an orange-colored berry-like fruit. It was considered in ancient times an aphrodisiac, an inducer of fertility. It's been called the love apple. As you know, Rachel has not had any children herself. And she wanted them, Rachel, knowing her sister is not going to give up any of those coveted mandrakes. That fruit goes to another depth lowering the bar once again. She says, well, if you ever want to sleep 
with my husband again? You'll give me some of those mandrakes. So she's like, all right, well, here, take some mandrakes. And, and then Leah goes out and meets Jacob and says, oh, I bought you for tonight. I've hired you. How romantic. Come home and sleep with me. I paid for you. You're a hired hand. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. Which brings up our third and final point, a promise kept. Let's read where God finally steps in here. He says, chapter 30, verse 22, it says, Then God remembered Rachel. Did he remember her because she connived in, in all of this? No. Did he remember her because she was a snake towards her sister? No. He just loves us. He remembered Rachel and God gave heed to her. That means that somewhere along the line here, Rachel's been talking to him and praying to him. And so he opened her womb and she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she named him Joseph saying, may the Lord give me another son. Wow. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 